Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. I don't think you even recognize the loss of control. I don't think you even see it in yourself. See, every one of us is counting dice that we didn't roll. And the loser is the last to ask for help. Okay. Uh, this is momentous occasion as, as we as we realized before we started recording this is uh this is a, a podcast that started uh 100 in the commonwealth of virginia yes uh and as of the next time you hear this podcast uh it will be zero percent made in va mm, yes Yes, I, I am. I am currently sitting in a backless chair because I'm in the midst of packing everything, so I have no uh, normal chairs. But as you can see here, if you're watching, I have packed everything in my IKEA bag, so I have <laughs> I have everything in here. I'm I'm ready to go. Yeah, but this is this is the last one that will be recorded in Virginia, at least as as currently uh, arranged um, with with folks having abodes in this this fine fine commonwealth yes at least for the time being and and so you know uh pierce you are the you are the birthday boy of sorts you you are the one making a big move so i think it's only fair uh that that we do what you've always wanted to do and and turn this once again into a slate money recap podcast so why don't we give you the floor yeah, so so I was listening uh, a, a couple weeks ago, and there has been a lot of talk about this app, Robinhood, which mm-hmm. I don't think it, none of us none of us use. Uh, I, I believe I'm familiar with people who do use it, but uh, Kevin, you actually asked for a a description of Robinhood, and you kind of gave it yourself, which was uh, turning a layperson into a day trader. Yes, so it is an app that that uses behavioral nud- nudges and pretty interfaces to basically get people to buy stocks for for free, and that's key. Is it is for free, but nothing is actually for free. Uh, but one thing that has happened during the pandemic is you have people who are going on there, and things are, are were bottoming out, and now they're going up, and maybe you're riding the the electric car wave, and you're you're putting your money there. But in any case, people are making a lot of money and also losing a lot of money as fever day traders. Um, <clears throat> but the thing that I wanted to talk about this week is is this is um, this is occurring and people are putting money towards these things that may or may may or may not do well if it's a put or an option. Uh, it may or may not succeed in the way that they think in the absence of sports being on. And and Max, I'll actually go to you here for this. But what is something maybe similar related to sports that people do, uh, uh, kind of with this same mindset? Like um, that real time fantasy <laughs> debt betting, <laughs> fan <Yes>. duel, <laughs> scam, scam duel, and drift scam kings. duel and and yeah, drift kings, yeah, those guys. Uh, yeah, so I mean. This is all occurring in the absence of of sports gambling, and um, you know, Max, you are arguably in the if if not the actual capital, the second capital of of sports gambling. I feel like certainly the the capital of uh, of of lottery tickets. So so I feel like gambling is in some ways in your blood already. <laughs> it could be. I think the Drift Kings headquarters is walkable to where I am right now. So. <laughs> 
Um, I know people who have who have worked there. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely. I, I guess it's pop sports betting is popular. I've never really gotten into it uh, myself, with the exception of the occasional like Super Bowl square and or Super Bowl prop bets, which are mm-hmm. really different from what we're talking about. We're talking about yeah. like, I think what you're talking about is people that. You know, I, I know people, some people pretty closely that that like to kind of bet on sports to the point where they're betting on pretty much every minute of every game, um, which is sort of like Super Bowl prop betting because because you think sports betting like oh you're just betting on you know maybe the outcome of the game but that didn't seem like enough for people so now you're betting <laughs> on you know like how many passes julio jones is going to catch in the first drive of the game and when you get to this point i mean you're you're betting on everything which i think ties into how often you're trading probably on robin hood perhaps yeah you you just you have to scratch the itch i mean that's why that's why uh the number of things that you can bet on has exploded so much over i mean i don't know when prop bets started to become a thing uh but you know, gambling, winning a bet is an intoxicating feeling. And so you keep chasing the dragon. And so you're looking for more and more things. And, and finally, you get to the point where you're betting on, like, how long it's going to take to sing America the Beautiful before the Super Bowl. And you have to look around. And you're like, what's going on? But I, I do think that it's, it's maybe important to distinguish, especially when we're going to talk about how something like Robin Hood maps onto sports gambling that Super Bowl squares really aren't gambling. It's just, it's a raffle. Mm. And, and and I think that that really is different Um, because, Oh, actually, you know what? I say that and I don't know. I mean, it's it's sort of like the lottery kind of just a giant raffle. Yeah, yeah except that I, I, th- I think the difference is I think the difference between something like the Super Bowl squares and the lottery is that there's a finite number of entries into the Super Bowl squares. And so, you know, there's your chances of winning are not affected in any way by uh, by like how many people are involved. And uh, theoretically, like, you know, if you're going to make a bet at a sports book. Um, how, how many people are placing bets on a particular side of a line affects the odds and it, it fundamentally affects the outcomes that you could achieve so I, I think that that is a, a distinction that is important because the stock market is fully something that you just have no control at all over Um. Uh, and uh, what, what's what's maybe worse is that I don't I don't know if you've ever seen a sports book, but you know, I it seems like it looks a lot like Max's brother's apartment, <laughs> uh, just with some video board, like with some graphic boards that show lines. Uh, but these Robin Hood folks seem to have really gone out of their way uh, to turn like to turn stock trading into a game in a way that makes me very uncomfortable yeah kevin you were gonna say well with this with the super bowl thing i think another distinction is that it's isolating the 
isolating it to one event and mm-hmm. you're also just kind of going you're generally betting with people who also only bet on that one event you're not going against people who are doing it you know, all the time yeah and, and so that that makes me think with the super bowl and with things like the the national the the national anthem or, or even the squares of the lottery i think those are all very extremely random and we kind of there have been studies and everything else that kind of indicate that the stock market is for the most part random you can have uh, a, a an antelope pick the stocks with its hooves and it can be just as great as like a really good trader but i think with sports betting as far as games go with the lines and then also with with these these stocks these puts and options are just buying and selling generally i think that one thing that is there and uh, to me seems the the dangerous component is you can tell yourself that you are a more knowledgeable person than the next person and so you are going to take advantage so there's the competition of 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 beating the other person and also proving yourself right and you become someone who thinks that they're smarter i i, I mean max it, you know, someone who who maybe is engaged with with people in, in both of these these fronts in a way that maybe I haven't. Do you think that that is kind of the language that you hear from from them? Is like, oh, but but I kind of know, you know, I, I have an idea on this line or I have an idea on this 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 stock. It, it, is that does that ring true? Um, not with people I know, but I'm sure they're. I mean, not maybe they don't they don't talk about it explicitly, and maybe I don't myself but i mean it definitely does it definitely does a little bit certainly um i mean i know people that do i wouldn't call it day trading but regular trading and they trade Mm -hmm. on they do seasonal trading um and so they kind of you know they they think they know what's gonna happen and and and, you know bet on that and i think for you and and so i i think that on the things that we actually execute I, I have a brokerage account and an IRA account and a 401k account, and, and I believe Kevin does too. Um, but I don't actually own any individual stocks even in that. So, okay. Max, you are the more risque person of, of this group, at least at least as I know, because you own um, uh, the the river in, in Brazil stock, if, if, I, if I recall correctly, among, I, among other things. I, I'm not at liberty to talk about my finances, but, yeah, I, I own a bunch of um... – I own I own individual stock in uh, many companies. Uh, one yeah. of which is Bezos Town. Yeah, the the yeah Bezos Town. <laughs> so, I I think that B B Z T T official ticker symbol. Uh, oh, we're we're being silly, and I lost my. I do not own own any Z U C K. Oh, um. So per last week's episode, I don't just on the record. Right. So I, I think Pierce that uh, a few minutes ago, uh, you, you hit on an important distinction, which is the idea that when you're a gambler or when you're a trader, there's some element of thinking that you can actually kind of you can beat it. You can, you can beat, beat it. the system. And, the something like Robin Hood goes out of its way to make you feel sort of like empowered and like you can pull that off. But one of the things that the Slate Money episode mentioned that's really important is that all of all of the data, all of the all of the studies that have been done 
show that if we know one thing at all about the stock market, it is the more you trade, the more you lose. Period. The end. It goes, it cuts across amateurs and professionals. If you are trading all of the time, you're losing. And part of that is that you're paying transaction fees most of the time. So that's one of the places where you're guaranteed to lose because you can't make money on paying out a transaction fee. But, uh, you know, also just you, you lose out. I mean, it's, it's compounding value. You lose out on, you know, you lose out on, on holding something for a while as it goes up. If you're trying to ride the lightning and get out at the exact right time. And, and so, you know, the, these, these things are giving people actively, essentially they're giving them actively bad advice about how to handle their money. And that is not what we need right now. It is aggressively not what is needed during a global pandemic when a lot of people's financial situation is much more precarious, even than it was say six months ago, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like and this I is just going to spiral into us all bashing Robin Hood for 20 minutes. And honestly, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm pretty on board with it. Yeah. So, with, so thinking about something like uh, DraftKings, it, I guess for me where I don't have a problem with it is that even though it is also something that facilitates gambling and facilitates people thinking that they can outsmart others and make money off of it when mathematically they're going to lose, but... I guess with me, it's easier with DraftKings because it's like, well, it's a it's a game. It's like by engaging with it, like you're engaging with a a sport, a game. Whereas with Robinhood, it it seems to me making something a game that shouldn't be a game. Yeah. So uh, I, I need to, this reminds me. I need to go back and watch the big the big short again because when when there is this game going on, if it's for instance. Uh, giving people that shouldn't be getting loans for very, very expensive things, uh, giving those out to people and then packaging that up into to securities of some sort. Uh, when you start playing those games, it rolls into things, and as Sean mentioned, kind of the spiraling, and then all of a sudden people's pension funds fall apart or their 401ks fall apart, and, and everybody's in financial ruin. <laughs> so that's so that's bad. But, I mean, yeah, to Kevin, to your point, like when it is, when it is game, that that is that is – uh, it may be more palatable if you're whether you're playing back blackjack or you're betting on a, a game when you're away from those blackjack tables uh and in that way i, I kind of um while while i don't partake of of grift kings or uh this uh, uh robin hood app um if the market is there just like there's a market there for the things we talked about last week which is the the you know dumpster of the internet in in twitter and facebook in a lot of ways i i don't know what i'm supposed to do if if the if the market is there and people want to use it people are going to find a way to to do it and i know that's kind of like a weak um blanket statement about that in defense but i recognize that people want to play those games um so I, i'm if that's if that's the defense you're going to get of it, it's fine. I'm certainly a, a Vanguard, Jack Bogle type of uh, just don't over, uh, investment over speculation thing. But if there is a market for that quick day trading type thing and people are also getting off on it, I, I can't I, – I don't know what I'm supposed to do there. Um, but Max, were you going to say something? 
Because you swallow water, um, which is very I kinda, important. Yeah, I kind of changed my mind. I don't know. Kevin said something that shouldn't be a game, and I kind of questioned it for a second. Like, well, isn't the stock market kind of a game? But it, no, I, I think I take that back. Um, well, I thought through it. Like, parts of it kind of are a game, but in general, like, it's, it's probably not. Well, I think you should let people come to the realization that if, if they want to come to the realization that it's a game, they should do so with a secure <laughs> backdrop. And, like, you shouldn't encourage people who maybe it wouldn't come across it as a game yeah you without the nudge you you should be uh, you shouldn't be uh trading your coronavirus stimulus payment on robin hood you should be using your you know your funny money like your maybe fuck it maybe i'll go to vegas and and be comfortable with blowing this money money Mm -hmm. like that that i think is is where we should be but like this is this is targeted at people who are not in a position to have funny money yet yeah i think that's a good point i think robin hood is very clearly targeted at younger people it's selling cigarettes under the age of 30 and even specifically under the age of 23 yeah yeah, so I think, Pierce, you suggested earlier that you think that this Robin Hood thing is because people aren't betting on sports, but my impression would be that they're not the same people. It's just that Robin Hood's coming at a time where uh, younger people are just, they're now seeing a significant stock market event, probably for the first time. Like, they might have been alive hmm. with the housing one, but they weren't necessarily paying attention to the stock market. So... And now they're like, oh, well, obviously Tesla stock went up because of this, so like now like that's easy to see now so now i should be able to figure out how to buy stocks that's kind of yeah that that's interesting too and and i did not grow up in the uh the archetype of like new york in the 1950s or or basically during the godfather when those movies are depicted and i also didn't haven't grown up in um you know the uk where i get the sense that if you want to go bet on something it's there if you want to go to a racetrack there's probably one nearby um someone can give you a, a tip and you can go do that down the street or at the pub or, or whatever well, it just, is there's, so, there's betting parlors all over london mm-hmm. and exactly and so this is an instance where now the betting parlor is in your hand i mean i think you all will recall how popular like online poker was when it first started getting big i mean people like chris moneymaker i believe that's how he got to be good at poker is is going online and playing and we kind of think of that as you know the texas hold'em boom and everything else it's oh uh you know these are skilled people but ultimately it is a similar itch and you are kind of playing against odds or, or really true randomness so i think now this is the maybe it's the betting parlor is in our hands I have a I have a wild secondary hypothesis to this, which is, um, in America, the stock market has always been our version of sports gambling because sports gambling is not widely legal. There aren't betting parlors on the street in Chicago, so the, your your outlet for well, let's. Let's put some money down and see what happens is basically if you have a bookie, if you have a, an illegal bookie, if you go to Vegas or if you put money into stocks. So I, it, in a way, I, so I think that maybe what's happening is actually that just Robin Hood is kind of the natural progression of that into Gen Z. 
and that is it's still disturbing uh but but maybe a little easier to understand yeah in which case again we have to blame max because because <laughs> his region of the world the puritans uh you know said no gambling but capitalism was fine so, right. so if we t- just gamble and drink on the streets everything would be fine <laughs> have you been to new orleans Yes, that is true. Yeah, it's a great place. Cannot <laughs> below the water. Also, that becomes we problematic. Should be to, we should be able to drink on the streets where it's cold too. I see. Is, I support yeah. that. Yeah. See, one would argue you, you need it more. Yeah. You have to be. You are. You have to be already underwater to decide. We might as well drink and and gamble in the streets. It could <laughs> end, already lost it because it could end at any time. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I think that see see now I'm thinking if it, when you phrase it such as like you're giving cigarettes to to kids and and I do I don't know how young these users are but it does seem to be younger users. I mean we've we've talked before on here about I think in our math episode we we talked a little about the things we didn't learn in school and I bet these kids who maybe are supposed to be in class right now but aren't um, they're probably not learning personal finance. And I know for me, I've learned a lot of my personal finance from from you know Max and Kevin in various forms. So, so like, you, I don't think that there are really people to guide you through and say like, hey, you know, I understand that you have two hundred bucks or whatever to, to play around with, uh, or maybe you think you do on uh, Robinhood, but uh, maybe you should look into index funds as opposed to just letting it fly on on Tesla stock or whatever it is. I mean to be fair I'm I'm really I'm I'm kind of suggesting that everything that's marketed to young people is cigarettes to kids now. I mean what is what is you know what is social media social media <laughs> what is social media powered by algorithms that reward engagement other than hey I know you only want to smoke one cigarette a day what if you smoke one pack an hour like you know it's the yeah, same. Well, like, it's the same thing. Yeah. Well, I think um, if you were kind of to say that um, that the Robin Hood was would be a game like maybe roulette or something, where it's just like mathematically it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> um, but I've also heard social media likened a, a slot machine, where like you check it because you're like, oh, what, like you know, what's oh, going to happen this yeah. time? Yeah. So maybe my yeah. number's coming up. Yeah, and and with a with a game when you're watching that, or when you've got the timer going for the uh, national anthem at the beginning of the Super Bowl, <laughs> um, that timer effect, that scoreboard watching, is a real thing, and it adds. I mean, truly, it adds anxiety. I mean, relief one way or the other. Um, it does add that to a game. <laughs> it makes me kind of go, is it not enough to check? Like, I mean, I check my accounts too often, but is it not enough to check at the end of, of a week and say like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm in the plus this week or, oh, I, I'm, I'm down this week or, or looking at, you know, a quarter of the way through the season and be like, oh, I'm in a good place on the table. Is that not enough? Do we have to add the, the extra stress and anxiety? I feel like I have plenty of that. I mean, I think that's what, what I would argue is that I, I'm I'm very much in the Vanguard Bogle school, and I would say that if you're checking your I'm, if you're checking that kind of account every week, all you're doing is driving yourself crazy. Because unless you're unless you're getting close to the time where you want to start selling off your investment holdings, what the fuck does it matter? Like my yeah, my reti- my 401k money, I'm not going to touch it until I'm 
50. I can't I can't take it out without a penalty until 59 and a half. That's more than 30 years from now. What's the sense in looking at it more than like once a year? Well, maybe it'll give you, you some confetti. What's that? Yeah. You can tr- you can still trade it. I mean, I had a problem with well, Pierce I, said I the, could. the person shouldn't take their 200 bucks and put it into Tesla stock. That's not the problem. The problem is buying the Tesla stock and then an hour later selling the Tesla stock to buy Facebook stock and then an hour later selling that to attempt to buy TikTok, which isn't a thing. And, like, and, that's the, and I think the problem is the the act of trading. It's it's and, not necessarily participating in the stock market. And if the $200 that you're putting into Tesla stock is money that you need for rent. Well, that, yeah, yeah. That's also <laughs> I mean, no, don't do that. That that's not a, a problem specific to Robinhood. Like if you're, you know, if you're taking your your rent money and and playing blackjack believe, with it, that's called a gambling problem. I believe from the problem. words of Mister Three Hundred Five, I knew my rent was going to be late by about a week or so. Oh my I god! I worked my ass off, but I still can't pay it though. Oh no! <laughs> what does he do? Does he save it? God, we are doing no. Virginia dirty. He throws on down the way in that out. club. <laughs> Um, Virginia is going to disown this podcast. So <laughs> it's okay. Uh, you know, before, and I know Max didn't look that up either. He just, he just, he just knew that. <laughs> I know I didn't. Well, we um, we have. It's not like we yeah. have a, a friend who probably uh, sang it, uh, sang along with it a hundred times in front of us. <sighs> um, but Pierce, you you mentioned the anxiety, but I think that the. Um, it's not giving everyone anxiety because I think as someone mentioned that sometimes you get confetti and confetti makes you happy and excited. Yeah. And, and I was going to say that, uh, kind of related Kevin. So, so I think that that, so Robin hood is not really unique in having free trades because a lot of other places have, have started to have free trades. I think all the, the major banks and, uh, every, everyone else have started to do that. And so it, it does promote the gamification. Do you remember, Pierce, from the episode, how Robinhood makes those trades free to their users? Uh, I think it has something to do with the prices they get on the the actual securities, but I may be wrong. Um, sort of. So it, essentially, if I if I remember correctly, part of what's entailed is that they turn around and give some data about uh patterns in their trading to large institutional investors like hedge funds so essentially no. what what's making your trade you know how when when you something is free for you you're the product you are the mm-hmm. product because when mm-hmm. you make a a trade to buy something on Robinhood that goes to a hedge fund so they can maybe consider making a bet against you yeah. So as 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 always, there are greater people at play, and not people not like on the internet. Do not have your best interest at heart. Yeah, it's it's not it's not the Illuminati. It's the hedge funds. It's just people who have more data than you, and these are oh, the people God. who are actually our these parents, are the ones who are actually smart on it. Our parents were right. We shouldn't trust strangers. <laughs> shouldn't trust you no but that's that's uh that i mean i i really think that that's that's it is is we talk about like you know oh i i i know this will work because i'm smarter on it i've educated myself but in truth if when you are actually a data point 
you are just a piece of that data that you think you're able to read. And that's where we really are fooling ourselves. And you have hedge funds and the way they, they make it is, is the margins. Everything Max is very excited, I think, because he's going to start a hedge fund now. No, I just find it funny that Robinhood's spokesperson said that it's not gamified, it's simply an accessible modern design, and they emphasized that it doesn't display confetti for every trade, so the confetti is not a reward, but it instead it is, quote, celebrating the achievement of participating in markets. Wait, hang on. That's also, that's <laughs> that's worse, because if if something, first of all, you've described yeah. a reward, and second of all, the that when a reward is randomized when you don't get it every time it incentivizes you to do the action that gives you the reward way more often in hopes of getting the reward more if you get the reward every time eventually the reward loses its value but they've kept the value of the reward artificially high by saying well we're not going to give it to you every time why don't you make 10 more trades and find out if you're going to get confetti also, I don't really agree with it, but in this instance, I will agree. Participation trophies are bad because they <laughs> push people to continue to play whatever sport they are very bad at, and they should go back to trumpet. That's, and, and you've made a, a, a good point there. You, you've sort of backed into a good point there, which is that, you know... I, I, not <laughs> Spend the time playing a trumpet, not, not day trading. Not to make too broad a generalization about people that are using Robinhood, but if you're using Robinhood for your stock trading, you don't have a system. You just don't. You don't. You don't. You're, you're not smarter than the market. I'm sorry. You're not. You aren't. Stop Stop yeah. doing Yes, go play a trumpet instead. Yeah, and it, this is not us. Well, let me say this. Around. This is not me saying that like only institutions can be good at this. I, I assume other people can, and there's a way you become those institutions and everything else. But yeah, if you're, if you're sitting at home um, on, on your phone doing this stuff, like you just, you're not, uh, you're, you're probably not super well prepared. I'm, I think I'm taking sort of the opposite argument of that, which is to say that to a large extent, even the institutions are actually bad at it. So you are totally fucked. So I, yeah, I, I, I kind of treat it like pretty much any other gambling, which is I'm go for it, but just understand that you have to be getting fun out of the more active part of it because you're paying for the fun and yeah. with sports gambling like i'm fine if, if you tell me oh yeah i gamble a lot on sports because it i it makes me enjoy it more and i get x dollars of enjoyment that's fine but like it, it, mathematically you know you're hosed so and if you and if you don't quite want to participate but you want to feel like you're participating and you miss sports betting apparently you can go online and watch the founder of Barstool Sports, Dave Portnoy, live stream day trade. Yeah. Yep. That is yep. a thing that he's been doing for months. Uh, yes. And he's terrible. Why would you want to do what he does? Wait, yeah, can you I can bet get, against, you get to watch him lose him? his money. <laughs> yeah, we can bet against him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it ultimately, like, in truth, to, to, like, to, to be serious about it for a second, uh, Sean, I think one of the big differences between, between institutions or hedge funds and any of us doing this on our phone is they have a lot they can lose and they have backups if things go awry in a way that the average individual does not normally absolutely does not right now um uh, i just want to point out something for instance if if you're if you're looking at markets and pondering them uh coke uh its quarterly returns dropped 28 percent 
Coca-Cola, one of the biggest, most well-known companies in the world, saw their their revenue go down 28% this past quarter. So, so that's Coke. <laughs> you are not Coke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Well, maybe you, maybe has your should... interest in Sorry, has your interest in Coca-Cola spiked recently? <laughs> no, no. 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 I I think no. maybe I think maybe we should pivot from uh from this particular uh discussion of uh sugar rushes and things that are very bad for you and and how it connects to uh people from boston that we should all probably be ignoring now and and maybe close just with a, a little non sequitur which is that i uh i happened upon a, a vulture story today uh about rumors that duncan keeps ben affleck's uh, coffee order on file uh, because he is a celebrity and a a truly addicted Duncan customer. Uh, and this story was accompanied by pictures of, of him carrying these gigantic iced coffees that have what appear to be a wall roughly one quarter the size of the cup uh, of pure sugar at the bottom. Like it's not mixed properly. And so I just re- remember, remember that all of these things are sugar rushes that are bad for you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I agree. <laughs> uh, okay. Any any final thoughts before we uh, before we wrap this up and move on? Got any tips, Max? In either realm, I think I think the sports are coming back, and uh, Tesla's still roaring along. Uh, no, I don't have any, don't have any tips. Damn. Buy low, sell high. Uh. <laughs> and then buy high, but don't. And then sell low again. And keep doing that until you're happy. Oh, boy. And don't smoke. <laughs> don't smoke. Yes. <laughs> don't smoke. Probably a good idea. Uh, okay, let's, uh, let's move on as we do to Pierce Asari. What are you apologizing for today? So, so this, uh, as, as normally happens, uh, or has happened frequently, uh, I realized as we start going that something happened recently that I need to apologize for or mention because in this case it sort of kind of already apologized for it. But um, one, one thing that I have not had a lot in my life for, for pretty much ever, but certainly in the last 20 plus years, is being around small people, uh, toddlers especially, people who have not entered any schooling of any kind. Um, I do stuff like talk to them as if they were adults, which is pretty strange. Um, but I appreciate when they respond to me in complete sentences. So, so, so it goes. But uh, this, this past weekend, I was, I was at someone's house who has a small person who's around uh, two years old. And the small people pick up things and they walk around with things um, that maybe they shouldn't because they're kind of heavy. Um, and this stressed me out tremendously. Uh, and so I was being very anxious uh, as we went over here, anxiety is sometimes good, sometimes bad. In this case, very bad, because I'm sure that this thing is going to break. And of course, this thing that the small person picked up broke. And I was very anxious about it. I didn't I didn't say anything. There were a couple times where the small person came over to me and would hand me the thing, and I would put it away as soon as possible. But what I realized afterwards in having some discussions is I'm sorry for being so anxious because what I learned is you want the small person to pick up the thing and maybe break it so they understand consequences. So to go back to to uh, Robin Hood, 
sometimes you got to lose all the money and learn the lesson there. So I learned, uh, you know, let the small person learn, let the person lose a little bit of money. It's fine. Uh, but don't make the adults in the room who I'm really uh, responding to and apologizing to. They know what they're doing and let them do it. So. And and next week, are you a good? Are we going to get an apology for your absolute steadfast refusal to use the word children? <laughs> I mean, let's let's not stratify them. They're just smaller people. No, no, that's absolutely incorrect. That is not true at all in the slightest. What are what are you talking about? <laughs> the brain develops over time. Tom Cruise is a small adult. <laughs> That's not, the story I mean, is not about Tom it. Cruise breaking a vase. <laughs> oh, but if it were, it would be so much funnier. Wouldn't that? Yes, that would be great. You know, we have to let Mr. Cruise break the vase, otherwise he's never going to learn. <laughs> well, that one doesn't so, work because he can try to have like, vase. Do you try to have a discussion about Ulysses with these with these? Oh my people? god! Or do you like? Uh, I I didn't I didn't, but I I should have mentioned the Grant um uh the Grant biography I'm reading because then the child would have fallen asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and also max i think instead of a vase you were looking for a glass egg as as relates to tom cruise oh my god all right well now now that we've done that uh let's let's close the show as we do with a big idea from pop culture uh and i have in my notes three uh magical words that i've been very excited about for the last week they are Max TV show. So uh, what's what's going on in the world, Max? Yeah. So like everyone else, um, I've probably been watching more television than normal because um, I'm not leaving the house as much. Sean, you look like you've figured something out already. I don't. I'm confused. Um, I don't know where you're going with that, but so um, I I like reality TV. I do. Um, but there's part of reality TV that is also kind of draining, and that's the people interacting with each other and being generally terrible people. Um, and I also really like Planet Earth, and I like TV shows that emphasize the beauty of the planet. And what I recently discovered uh, is a now five-year-old History Channel TV show <laughs> called Alone. <laughs> And the reason I discovered it is because there is now one season on Netflix. Season six is on Netflix, and seasons, I believe, two through five are on Hulu, and season seven is actually taking place right now. And the premise of the show is that they take ten people who have some background in survival skills, and they drop them off in the middle of nowhere, each about maybe five to ten miles from each other, so they won't run into each other with about 75 pounds of camera equipment to film themselves, and they say, last man standing wins half a million dollars. Uh, and then by the time everyone has decided they can't take it anymore or gets pulled out for medical reasons, the victor is given money, and and that's the whole show. Um, it's, it's really great. Uh, I highly recommend it. Um, it's filmed in such a way that you get to see some really cool, like I said, it's kind of planet earthy in the sense the most recent season I watched was season three, which takes place in Patagonia, which is an especially mountainous region of uh, Argentina. 
Um, it's just really beautiful. Um, you get some reality TV aspects of it where it kind of switches off like Hunger Games style to show you who's remaining. Um, and basically each person's allowed to bring 10 things. Um, and then they're, they're given some other things. They're given a phone so they can call and say, I quit at any point. But until they do that, they're there. Um, I've, I've watched two seasons now. They both last, I'd say the winner stays for about three months. But they prepare to stay for up to a year. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really, um, it's really entertaining. Uh, I really like it. It has reality TV aspects, but like I said, there's no, they never, they're totally alone. So they go kind of crazy and there, you get that aspect of it, but otherwise it's, um, I, I wouldn't call it must watch TV. I mean, as I mentioned, it's, <laughs> it's from 2015 and, and it's on the history channel. Um, but, but if, that, if it sounds a lot of people passed you, on seeing that, if you like those types of, I don't know, it, it was a really interesting concept to me. They don't tell the people how many people are remaining. Um, my mm-hmm. one gripe with the show is when when there is only one person remaining, they do show up and say you won. They bring their significant other or whoever and and show up and say you won. I do Instead think it would be kind of, of entertaining if they just let him go as long as possible. Um, that could also be terrible or really boring to watch. Um, yeah, but yeah, let, let, you should check out Alone let's see if you're them, interested. Yeah, let's see them uh, survive in a studio apartment in New York City for for four months uh, during a pandemic. That would be a much more uh, uh, enterprising and, and <laughs> successful. Yeah, uh, thing uh, for them well, to season get over. six is in the in the Arctic, so it's like it's insanely <laughs> cold. Yeah, no, it's it's absurd. It's Jesus. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's wildly impressive what some of these people do. Um, the 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 amount of weight they all lose, um, and the amount of calories they either live on or think they can live on, um, and everything in between. It's a it's it's a good good watch if you're interested in that kind of thing. And as I've explained okay. it to a few people in life, I've realized not everyone inter- is interested in that kind of thing, <laughs> which is why I've given so much information about it because I don't want to steer anyone wrong. Um, but if you're interested, it's it's a cool it's a cool thing. I love that. That's great. There's no narrator. So, it's just people talking to a camera. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, alone from the History Channel, available on a variety of streaming platforms. Uh, if if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, so we have reached the end of the show. You can find us at our home on the web, www.prettyokpod.com. I'm done buzz marketing social media platforms. Uh, you can subscribe to our podcast feed on your device and podcast app of choice. If you do that, please leave us a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing, or just tell a friend about the show. We'd love to share with them as well. We'll be back next week to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Matt. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. I don't think you even recognize the sound of your voice when it's blasting through the speakers in the sky. And if your words add up to nothing, then you're making a choice to sing a cover when we need a battle cry.